Welcome into a quick timeout podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. If you haven't visited drdishbasketball.com, today is the day to change that. There are individual, small group, and team shooting drills that I've put together for you to use with your players. Just click on blog from the drop-down menu to find those. And then also be on the lookout for some new resources on the way on the website, as well as on the Dr. Dish Instagram and TikTok accounts. Again, that's drdishbasketball.com. Great to have joining us today, someone that I've gotten to know from afar, thanks to Twitter, and someone I've wanted to have on the show for a while now. He's been kind enough to carve out some time for us here in the busiest time of the year, Coach Ito Singer, assistant coach for the UNC Greensboro women's basketball team. Coach, welcome. Thank you so much, Tony. Yeah, the, the feeling is mutual. I wanted to get on for a long time, and I know we've been going back and forth trying to figure out the best time. I'm just glad we got it done. Love talking hoops and and love everything about your podcast and everything you've been putting out there. So this is this is a perfect way to start the day for me. I appreciate it. So just recently, Coach Singer released a brand new Coach 2 playbook on high formation blobs. He'll tell you a little bit more about that in the playbook in a, in a while. Baseline out of bounds plays, though, in general, I, I found that most coaches love a good blob. I do know some who they're of the mentality, let's just get it in. Coach, your thoughts on maybe not just why that philosophy may not be the best, but also on maybe how coaches should think about using blobs within their offensive systems. Yeah, so to me, that's something I have been tasked with for the past couple of years is is trying to essentially steal points. And and that's kind of how I look at it. I think there are different schools of thought in, in how coaches should look at it. But to me, as an analytics guy, I always think about how can we get the most points per possession and baseline out of bounds don't have the clock running for the first four seconds of the inbound pretty much. So I'm thinking about it in the sense of, can I get a quick layup? Can I get a quick three for a best shooter or for a shooter? And then from there, I kind of go into, all right, what is the next best action? Can we get a secondary action we can score off of? Can we get a little gotcha kind of play? Sometimes you can slip for a layup or you can, screen the screener for a quick three. And those are things that will yield points without any time coming off the clock, which helps your points per position. It makes your offense look, look better. And I think it also deflates the other team a little bit. When you get a layup in an out-of-bounds play, a well-drawn, well-thought-of out-of-bounds play, the other team gets a little deflated. And on the, the other side of that, if you are the scoring team, you get a little boost, right? You get a little pep in your step. I just got you for a layup. I just got you for a three. And it gives them confidence knowing that, one, they executed, and two, they can do it again. Mm-hmm. And, and I, love, I love giving players that kind of uh, confidence through out-of-bounds plays. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, for the most part, you, you script everything, you control, at least the first action you can control. And then, and then on just a personal note, I love a good chess match. You know, I love to see if, if the other team prepared for what we're doing. Can we throw a wrinkle in there that they might not have prepared for? Can that give us two points? And and in today's game, where games are so close, decided by two, three, four points, if you can get a couple of good out-of-bounds possessions where you get something out of it, that at the end of the day, that could be the deciding factor versus a team that builds their entire strategy on how to defend you in the half court and in the full court. Some teams don't spend enough time on baseline out-of-bounds offense or defense, and I think those are areas that uh, coaches can capitalize on. Yeah, I think you re- especially realize that once you get towards this time of year where your games are only separated by two points or four yeah. points. And I was of the mindset of let's just get the ball in and run something, mm-hmm. something that we want to run that we can control. 
And then after a while, I thought, wait a minute, we can control, we can run these things. I don't know if you've looked at it, but the amount of times the ball goes out of bounds underneath for a lot of coaches, I think would probably be somewhere between four to eight times a game. Mm -hmm. You can even score off of a third of those or a fourth of those. That could be your point differential between winning that overtime game or, you know, that loss that you have in the regional tournament or the last game of the year or whatever. So I, I am completely on board with you on that. And, and like you said, you can always build in the let's get it in at the end of the three second count or four second count. You got you got to have an out option and most plays will have that. So I'm always trying to can we score quickly and then not. All right. We can get it in and run something that we want to run. Uh, when it comes to either the designing your own blobs, which I know some coaches like to do, or maybe even probably for more of us, it's like choosing what you want in your playbook. What are the schools of thought there? Well, first of all, you know, props to anybody that can design a, a really good blob. I mean, we all steal from one another. And I know I just talked to you off the air about some good stuff that you guys ran uh, over at Bob Jones. I'm not sure if you run that anymore. You have you probably have a 400 blob playbook. <laughs> but you know, kudos to you if you can do that. I'm not that smart. So I, I rely on different resources like Twitter and YouTube and different clinics or people that lean on Synergy, you know, uh, Instat, all these great resources that we have out there to find great blobs. But there, there are some different schools of thought. And, and I think it's different for each coach. And I think it's important to ask these questions. So I think one school of thought is, is to try and find different formations in a sense that go into different actions so a coach can say hey i like a one four low formation and i like this play because this is what this play is and then they can run the next action as a box set that goes into this action because i like this action and it doesn't have to have a rhyme or reason it's just these are the actions i like to run i feel like it fits my personnel and that's what i like to run so that to me is like a mix different formations different actions. You can have different formations for the same action. So you hide whatever action you want to run in different formations. And you can even hide it in multiple formations, which is what we're going to go over with video in a little bit. Um, you will see a very basic screen to screener set that almost every team in the country runs. And we'll go over it in three or four or five different formations that you can get into it, which to me is a really good way to go about it if you feel like you have an advantage with a certain player or a certain situation. So different formations, same action, just hiding it. Uh, it's also really hard to scout. And then you can have different formations that just lead into your set, which is more like, like you said, get the ball in. So I feel like I can safely get it in by doing this false action or this cut and that cut, get the ball in and let's get into our action or offense, which is fine too. My favorite is, same formation and different actions. I like to hide different looks in the same formation. And even more so in that, I like to hide different looks in the same formation with different initial catchers. Well, 1-4 will usually have the ball passed over the top of the same side block defender to be caught right there in a straight line. I sometimes like to throw it into the corner. I sometimes like to have an action that gets it to another person cutting through. So to me, that's really hard to scout. That's what I like. And and I don't like the other team to take away our points. Mm -hmm. So I want the other team to spend 10 minutes in their practice or shoot around figuring out how to stop our actions. Because to me, that's us maybe gaining an advantage. I took 10 minutes of your practice time worrying about us. 
about our out of bounds, which you said could be four to eight positions. So you may spend 10 minutes on four positions. That's a win for me. Mm-hmm. And so that that is my best. Uh, th- that is the way that I like to do it. So, yeah, different schools of thought. It just, again, depends on what the coach wants to accomplish. You can usually identify like what good offense looks like. And I feel like it's a lot of times the same way with a blob. Somebody will see, oh, man, I like what that looks like. But it's another thing to be able to identify what's happening within that action or even to be able to teach like this is our emphasis within that action that's going to get us that scoring opportunity. So what what do you feel like is like the recipe for an effective blob? Oh, man, Uh, two points or three points. That's it. I think, or foul. I think that that is a good blob to me. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you run. I think the result, the end result should be you're either at the free throw line, you get an open or good shot, or you get two points or three points. I think those are unequivocally good blobs. But I think at the same time, every blob should have some things that are built into it. It doesn't have to have everything. But if you can hit on as many of these points, in my opinion, again, that would be a, an effective blob. I mean, we we always set things up for them and we try and get them the best shot possible, but we're not shooting for them. So if we get them a good look and they make it or miss it, I think to me that's an effective blob. So some of those things are whatever it is that you're running. Do you have a quick layup or a quick shot option? Can you get someone on a cut? And at the same time, can you get someone coming off of a screen or just on the weak side of an action for um, for some reason to be able to catch the ball? An example of that would be maybe in a zone that some teams are zone out of bounds and they're two, three. And um, some of them offset to where the ball is. Well, that means the weak side of it. If you usually put a corner, uh, a, a shooter in that corner, it creates a long closeout just because the defense is offset to the ball. So just having these elements in there, just understanding that, you know, you got to have a good shot or you got to have a good layup in that baseline out of bounds, that that's a good component of it. Can you then flow into something that your players are familiar with? The less they have to remember, the better it is. So again, that's why I go back to the same formation, different actions. I'm not trying to confuse them with a lot of different things because a lot of coaches will have, I don't know, double-sided 50-page playbooks. I don't know if 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 play, I don't know if I had the mental capacity to hold everything in, let alone now when kids are just inundated with so much information. Um, so I think if you can get to your most often run set from a baseline out of bounds, I think that's good. Another thing would be can it is is it difficult to scout or is it easy to figure out? A box set is a box set, but you know, at the Division One, Division Two level, where you know, even Division Three, where you have staff and access and time to do things, you can look at a box set and say, "Okay, both forwards are on the ball side. This is the action. Now they're diagonal. This is the action. Now they're both on the bottom. This is the action." So you can still scout a box set and say, "When they set up this way, that's what you get." Can you make it difficult? Can you make the other scout, the other coach that's scouting your team? work on it and try and figure out what you're doing and spend time there. That to me is a net net win, basically. It's, it's a profit for you. So you have to be difficult to scout. And then can you hide, if you really like a screen to screener action, can you hide it in multiple formations? Mm-hmm. Can you just go to the one thing you know that you like to do 
or the one player you want to get a shot for at that spot? And can you design or find different ways to get them the shot right there? I think if you if you hit on as many of these points, you're going to get a good result. One of the things you said about running repeated actions, that's mm-hmm. been huge for us this year. A lot of the things that we run as a set, maybe even out of like a horn set, we also run this very something very similar to that in a transition action. Then we also run something very similar out of it, a box set and out of a slob. And it basically allows you to multiply your, apply your playbook without, to your point, having players forced to memorize 300 different things and get confused. And then we get angry at them when they don't run it the right way. To your point, the actions within the blobs, if you can couple those or help them understand, hey, this is just what we run in this action. My players have caught on to things and there's no confusion and they pick up on it very quickly. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com assist. That's huddle.com assist to learn more. You mentioned screen the screener stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you use a lot of, we'll, we'll show some of these in just a second, but yeah. you know, misdirections, um, do you do that kind of thing? You mentioned about the common stuff for zone. We talked beforehand about like screening certain parts of it. Is there anything else? Some, things like that. I mean, specific things that you, you sometimes try to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm a big, big nerd when it comes to X's and O's. I love, you know, I love looking at so many different things. And, and maybe one day we can go over how I store things, because that to me is really nerding out on X's and O's. I have a, a way of importing things and categorizing them real quick if I see something on Twitter or YouTube and I can then refer to it. But what I like to do is I like to find actions that I think are are you know good and hard to guard and try and, and incorporate them into a baseline out of bounds so we have we have a baseline out of bounds that goes into a flare slip i think that's really hard to guard and i think if you put a really good shooter coming out to the flare and a really good slasher setting the screen it's hard to guard you're going to give up something you're going to either have two players flying out with a shooter two players taking away the slip or a good screen happens and they have to communicate so i like to i like to not get you know, bogged down with one specific thing. I'm just studying what our team's struggling with. What is really hard to struggle? And you can go on Synergy if you have access to it and take a look at the best, uh, at the worst defenses or best defenses. And you can look inside the, the team's makeup of their defense and see, oh, wow, they're really guarding ball screen well, but they can't deal with DHOs. And that's one of the best teams in the country. Why is that? And then you kind of see a trend. All right, teams this year really having a hard time with, for example, we are. We're having a hard time with uh, players who dribble handoff to a shooter and then pitch back, and the shooter shoots behind that dribble handoff when you dribble handoff into their defender. So can we incorporate that action into some kind of baseline out of bounds? So it's just for me, it's just studying what is really hard to guard and trying to find actions that, um, that I can incorporate that into. 
So with all that in mind, those of you that are listening to this, we're going to go ahead and switch over and add to this a stream for Coach to be able to show us some of the things that he's been talking about. So uh, if you're just listening to this, we'll have this up on the YouTube site as well, so you can go and watch this. But Coach, why don't you just go ahead and start, and wherever you'd like to stop, I may jump in with some questions with stuff, but feel free to go ahead. Again, like Coach just said, I, I couldn't recommend enough going. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you're, you're you're interested and you want to know more. So I couldn't recommend enough going to the YouTube channel and checking it out because I'm going to do my best to explain what's happening, but man, <laughs> I can't paint a picture like this. So, um, so we're just going to jump into it. So I'm going to show a screen, the screener set that basically almost every team in the country has. So it's a box alignment with uh, two forwards on the ball side of the box and two guards on the weak side. What it essentially is, is the guard on the weak side of the ball coming up, setting a back screen for a forward to diagonal cut to the to the opposite block and get a shot or a layup. And then that same guard is coming off of a screen of their own. So it's kind of hard to see, but if I pause it now, you can see a guard is coming up, setting a diagonal screen. The forward is coming off to the opposite side of the ball. And teams will guard it differently. Some teams will have a defender on the ball. Some teams will not. But... For the most part, in this screen the screener classic screen the screener set, and I think Stanford uh, women's run that had been running it for I don't know a hundred years. The same guard who set the screen is now coming off of the center to get a little short corner shot. So the guard sets the screen for the post, and then the same guard comes off another screen. And a lot of teams run this. What I like is if you like that action, you can hide it in different formations. So for example, the Canadian women's national team. We'll hide it in a stack. I'm sorry, we'll hide it uh, a little bit in the stack formation. So it looks different. It's not exactly a box. It's more of a three quarters of a box. But the same guard who will come up to the elbow is now twisting around and giving that forward um, the same look, but now to the ball side. The center that was on the ball side block is now bottoming out the screen for the shooter. So now you get the same look on the weak side of it. So again, the guard comes off, twists, forward comes off, and a screen the screener on the weak side now instead of the ball side for the guard. So a clever way to hide that action. So here it is again, Canadian national team loves this action. So now they have two guards stack on the weak side block. They still have the center on the ball side block, and they have their other forward almost at the top of the key. So it's more of a triangle set. They're going to let the player out of the action that doesn't need to be in the action. So they let one of the guards out. Another guard, again, twists in the forward, in the center on the bottom, bottoms out, and you get the same look out of a stack. So it's essentially the same play, but they just hit it in a stack formation. Mm -hmm. So again, this is for coaches who really like a certain action. You can hide that action and give your players, and that was a wide open look right there. You can give your players the same looks that you think they're going to be successful with in different formations. Barcelona runs the same look. They run it out of a side stack, so a three-player stack, and then they put an opposite elbow or wing. And what they do is they run the same screen-to-screener action. You have a, a, a four on the block. You have a guard in between, and you have – I'm sorry, you have a five on the block, a guard in between, and the four at the elbow. They're all on the ball side. And you have another guard that you're just getting out of the way on the weak side of uh, of the action. And the four comes across, 
sets a screen to get them out. The center bottoms out again. And then you have the guard set that diagonal screen for the four, and the guard comes off for a corner shot. And you can get a slip for your five. You can get all that action. Okay, And it's a lot of screens for the defense to communicate, which to me is, is really hard to guard. Barcelona hides it again out of a, a box alignment. Okay, now they're doing a double cross screen. So the forwards are on the ball side, the guards are on the weak side. They're doing a double cross screen. And then again, they end up in a twist action. Both forwards end up on the same side again, but now they're on the weak side of the ball. Guards get, gets the, uh, the guard gets the forward on one side and a screen to screener on the opposite side. So you can, you can hide these actions in multiple formations. Here it is again. They come across, the guard twists, gets the four, comes off the five. They guarded the slip, so they gave up the corner three. Two things that you mentioned there that I think are kind of understated. The first is I don't see a lot of U.S. teams running anything that has the twisting action. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you twist, what I found is that it ends up like spinning a defender, which gives you a half second, which often causes confusion because then the second thing that they don't do very well is communicate it, and that's when you end up a lot of times with two to the ball. We just put in one this year that had something very similar to that. And it usually always ends up with the slip. The slip is usually the one that ends up because the guy underneath turns and then ends up chasing the guy to your point. And the second thing that I like a lot about that, if people are just listening to this, they need to go back and watch it. That last one that you just showed, it's like misdirection twice. So they're they're coming towards the ball. And then you have a second time coming towards the ball, second group. So they're coming towards the ball, but the screen away and coming towards the ball but it's actually going away and everybody was on the other side of the floor. So I think to that point that we like to see when multiple guys chase towards one and then it goes to another. And I think the way that you set that up is making sure that you're sending multiple people towards the ball and then going away from the ball. And that's where you end up with, with your wide open shots. And then once they scout that to your point, the second time the coach is yelling at them and they end up with multiple people going and running at the shooter. And that's where you get your slips to the basket. I have found too, that if you pick and choose the right blobs, you can actually stack them. One year I did this one set up two, two set up three, three set up four. And so I would actually call them literally just right down. They knew exactly. I didn't have to call things from the bench. They knew like this was the first one that we're running. Then this is the second one because two was a counter to one, three was a counter to two. And you basically just got open look after open look after open look. So I'd, I'd encourage coaches to think about it from that perspective too. Like don't just pick necessarily random blobs just because you like them, but like what builds on the second one so that a, a team, once they see it, they're going to say, we're not going to get beat on that again. And what you're actually doing is that chess chess match that you were talking about. I'm just setting them up so I can score on this next one. Yeah, I think I think to your last point, coaches really fall in love with sets. And I think we need to critically play this game of, all right, this is what I want to run. How are they going to defend it? Honestly, how are they going to try and defend it? Based on the evidence that you have, you can't really tell. But okay, I ran this and I scored. What is their adjustment? And then what should I be ready for, for that to be my second play? Like you said, those are dominoes, right? You just got them on a slip. They don't want to get called back to the bench and say, hey, your your guy or girl just slipped. Next time that happens, you're sitting down or you're already sitting down. So you're not going to let that slip happen again. How do you use that to your advantage with the next play call? So I, th- I totally agree with that. I think 
that to me, that just gets me excited. I don't know. You can't see, but goosebumps are happening right now. <laughs> I get excited and I get nerded out about it because that is one of the biggest things I like about X's and O's and about the game. I love that. I'm very competitive as you are. And I'm pretty sure all of our listeners are. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. And so we want to figure out ways to put our players in the best place uh, possible, the best situations possible. Study what what works, critically assess how the teams are going to stop you, and then have a counter for that. And if you can, if you're lucky enough, like you have been with your roster over the years, where you can build these dominoes to happen, if then, if this, then that, man, now you're really playing chess. So to come back to the screen, the screener again, this is the last one. This is a three-player high stack. So Northwestern does the same thing. And I'm not really sure. I think the center is at the bottom of it. The four is at the elbow. But they basically spread out. They send one of the guards out of the stack. They drop another forward uh, from the weak side. And they end up in a triangle. And again, it will be weak side to the guard, diagonal screen. And then the same screener comes off of the five and they get an open look in the short corner. Okay, so enough of the screen to screener, right? So you have your you have your baseline out of bounds playbook, and now a lot of teams are playing zone. But you don't want to necessarily put in different actions against the zone, or maybe you do, but it's, again, it's more to remember. So how can you use your, your man plays in the zone? I, I just found St. Leo's baseline out of bounds to be so good. Uh, they're a Division II team. And uh, there's some really good stuff um, that we can find out there. They play a lot of their stuff out of the 1-4 low set. In this one against um, against player, against man, we call it player here on the women's side, against man, they do a corner catch. Um, so they lob the ball over to the corner player on the ball side in the 1-4 low set, and they just work a handoff. Okay, so both players went with the intended handoff, and that's a keep action. And the forward just took the ball. The catcher took the ball and just drove baseline to the basket. So against the zone, they know they're going to have a player ready right there for that keep action. So if the ball goes, they try and keep. So the ball side or the center, the ball side, the center is on the ball side block. And as it happens in so many, so many levels, at so many levels, you can look one, two, three, four players watching the ball. All you got to do is cut, right? So they built in this cut. They know that they're going to stop that action. It's not a different action. It's the same keep action. But they know, hey, listen, the ball's going to go in. They're going to stop the initial action. I'm just going to cut. And they got a beautiful look out of that. So they didn't have to put in another play. It's the same play. Here is the same action, the handoff action, without the keep action. Okay, So it goes into a weak side stack screen. So again, goes into the corner handoff with the ball with, with the uh with the inbounder and when they come off that when he comes off the handoff there's a weak side stagger uh, stagger screen for a shooter and that's the that's the play against the zone they know that they're not going to give up that weak side stag they know that they're it's going to be hard to do the keep action but they also know that by bringing up the ball side block the top defender in the zone is going to have to cover it so what do they do they just pitch behind and there's no one next to the inbounder. So you can use your zone plays, your man plays in the zone. You just have to know how to manipulate and where the um, the different weaknesses in the zone are. You have to build a counter for a deny. Some teams are going to deny 
you know, deny your baseline out of bounds, they're going to scout you. They're going to know what you're looking for. So here's one of those gotcha things, right? So here's a one four set from St. Leo again, and it's a set for a flare slip. I love a good flare slip, right? So they pass the ball over the top to the, um, to the ball side forward who was on the baseline. So he popped up and they're showing a flare on the weak side. Okay. So the weak side corner is coming over to flare the opposite elbow. And that weak side corner is just going to slip. So the teams are, you know, <laughs> teams that guard them, they just don't want to allow for that catch. So in the next clip, you'll see a very aggressive uh, deny on that initial pass. So again, they set up in a 1-4 low. There's a post player right in front of the inbounder on the block. And they take the defender who's guarding the inbounder and they put him on the post. And the post defender is now standing at the elbow. So they basically sandwich the inbound, the, the catcher between two defenders. So if he's trying to catch low, the player guarding the inbound is going to take that away. If he's trying to pop up to the elbow, there's already a defender there. So their counter to that is pass to the corner. So they pass to the ball side corner. You'll see it on the video. Number 12 is in the corner. He's pretending like he's only looking at that, at that um, intended catcher. He's just really selling it. And then he catches the ball and the inbounder goes behind and they work out an action from there. They do a good job cutting and going into their stuff. Same thing. And I love this one. I wish I could teach that. We can't really teach that. Some players have it. Some players don't. Same coverage, right? The inbounder defender is taking away the ball side block. And then the forward defender is now on, on the elbow. Same kind of Same kind of defense. So what do they do? They know that the low defender is going to come up if the ball side block goes to the elbow and that clears up the catch for the inbounder they just poke it right back to the inbounder so i'll go back and show it and that again is knowing how to use your opponent's coverage against them right if i go up they're going to go up with me they're aggressive so i'm just going to poke it right back to the inbounder you have to have a, a built-in answer for teams that want to deny and scout you really well and then, you know, for the coaches that like to mix in formations, use some formations that you don't see a lot. I find a lot of value in that because teams and players are really adept at guarding a box set. They're really adept at guarding a 1-4 low set for the most part. Use some things that you don't see very often. I like this spread out four high set from the Bulls. It's just a triple screen for their shooter and then a little screen to screen or pop. It doesn't have to be this play. But use formations that you don't see a lot. Celtics like to use a lot of diamond out-of-bounds sets. It really stretches you out a little bit. It, it doesn't have players sitting on the baseline, taking away slips and cuts and layups. It makes them guard you high. So whatever it is, the action that you want to run, and it's good that you have a little gotcha kind of play there too, but whatever it is, use some different formations. Here's a T formation. Okay, a lot of players don't know how to guard that. It's a lot of different misdirection. Okay, and you can use all kinds of, you really clear the baseline and you allow for your players to uh, to catch in, in, in good space. And I love a good gotcha play, right? So here's a 1-4 low gotcha play. Pass goes to the elbow. There's a little pin down for the inbounder. And all of that is just misdirection for the elbow player to just go. Create space for them. Just some things to think about when you're considering baseline out of bounds. But I'm telling you, it, it's such a great way to steal some points, get your team going, get them really thinking basketball and trying to beat the other team uh, and buy into execution. I think that's a that's a good um, 
focal point um, on that. It really makes them buy into execution because they know they can get some points. If somebody just watched the videos, you could probably have your entire blob playbook set for you for next year. <laughs> I mean, there was options for literally everything for, for man, for zone. I found that most almost take like a notch down on their zone blobs. They're just, they just kind of want to get it in or it's that like one action. And if we didn't, then we just throw it in. But as you just showed, even with just one alignment and that handoff series there, that keep series, you could probably get three, four, or even five things right away out of that. You know, one that we do very similar to that was a ball screen. So it was a lift up out of the corner and then immediately follow it with a ball screen. And now you have a screen roll lift from behind shake action. So I think that to your point earlier, you could basically run the same first action and do four or five or six different things out of it that makes it so much easier for your players to keep up with what's involved. And I've just seen too many times that if I have one of this and one of that and one of that, one, it's easy to scout to the point that you made earlier, but two, co players just kind of, they don't know exactly what you're trying to accomplish or mm -hmm. or what you're trying to do, or and it doesn't really give you that many scoring opportunities. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, ton of so many great things in that. I mentioned at the start your new playbook. Can you mm -hmm. give everybody again where they can find that and then also uh, where they can connect with you on social media? Yeah, so on social media, you can find me at Ido Basketball. So it's I-D-O Basketball. It's kind of like a silly pun, I do basketball. It, it, yeah, you can find me anywhere on social media with that. Um, if you just go to my Twitter uh, at Ido Basketball, you'll see a link to my um, CoachTube page. I think it's also Edo Basketball over there, but I'm not 100% sure. You can look for my name on CoachTube and find all the stuff that I have there. A lot of different baseline out-of-bounds stuff and sideline out-of-bounds stuff that I have. There's another 1-4 playbook that I'm working on right now that's probably going to be the biggest one I have because, honestly, that's my favorite formation to work out of, and I think it's so versatile and fun. So, yeah, so all of that is going to be there, but, you know, you can hit me up on Twitter. You can hit me up on Instagram, it's it's still the same stuff. It's Edo Basketball, and uh, go check it out. Uh, I'm going to actually run a special promotion to anyone who's watching or listening here. If you go to my uh, Coach Tube and you put in the promo code uh, CoachMiller20, you will have 20% off whatever it is you want to put in that basket. So the promo code is going to be CoachMiller20 altogether. Um, and yes, and that'll be 20% off anything uh, that you want to grab and yeah just stay tuned i throw a lot of stuff on twitter every day and most of it is baseline out of bounds it's just how i nerd out on these things go ahead and follow if you like this stuff and and there's going to be a lot more uh coming out in the in the next in the near future yeah even here recently i've been pumping some things out so many great videos and clips just Thank super you. short you can grab real quickly uh, I will put the code in the description below. That way people can make sure they find that both here on the video and then also on the audio. So be sure to go check that out. That's Coach Ito Singer, assistant coach for the UNC Greensboro Spartans. Coach, thanks again for jumping on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me.